I'm going to have you come right ahead, brother, and preach the word. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to Matthew again. Matthew 27. And again, uh, I want to thank you for giving me the privilege, Pastor, to stand behind your pulpit. I take it as an honor, a privilege, and I don't take it for granted. Uh, most pastors in America don't let anybody preach on their pulpits on the morning, and uh, you doing that uh, speaks highly of you. Thank you. Thank you. I uh, do not deserve it, but thank you. Matthew 27. Uh, Verse 38 through 42. And again, I hope I still got a little bit of English in my tank. <laughs> I, I do run out of English pretty soon, so, so you don't have to worry about me taking long, amen? Uh, what a privilege. What a privilege. I envy this man here. He's trilingual, probably quadrilingual. Uh, with all the words that you compose, yeah, probably you quadrilingual now. Uh, and you hear this one. You, how do you, you know that one? How do you call a person who speaks two languages? And this person speaks three languages. And a person speaks one language. Ah, I got you. Ah, ah, ah. Gringo. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's monolingual. <laughs> okay. Let's all stand, please, for the reading of the word. Matthew 27, verse 38 through 42. Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, Thou that destroys the temple and builds it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. And I'm glad he did not come down. Likewise also the chief priest, because they were mocking him, making fun of him, Mocking him, with the scribes scribes and elders said, He saved others. I'm glad there's not a a comma, but a semi-column. You call it a semi-column? 
Because it's in a statement right there. He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he be king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. I would like to just preach for a few minutes under this thought. Verse 42. He saved others. What a statement. He saved others. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you again. Please uh, help me to be a blessing. If there's someone here that doesn't know where he's going to spend, or she's going to spend eternity, bring him to Christ this morning. And the ones that are already saved, help us with this message to bring others to Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Before I get into the message, let me say this. Uh, Ohio is in my heart. I've been a member of a church in Ohio for 42 years now. Dr. Greg Stepp, my pastor for all these many years, he just went to be with the Lord last night. I came because I wanted to see him, but he went to be with the Lord, but hopefully I'll stay for the funeral. And what a man, what a friend. And I say this publicly, and I say it everywhere. He was my best friend. Perfect as he was. <laughs> oh, what a man. What a man. Precious man. You knew him. What a man. Amen. And so, pray for the families they've gone through. Hard time. I would like to just for a few minutes preach on this thought. And I love this message. Just it's one of my babies that I, I love dearly. This message, I, God gave it to me, and, and, and I like it. And I, I hope I can uh, uh, transmit it to you and be a blessing. This statement, he saved others, came out of the lips or mouth of the very own enemies of Christ. The scribes, the elders, the ones that pass by, they say these words, pointing to Jesus. He saved others. Himself, he could not save. And I say this, he could have saved himself if he wanted to. Uh, the Roman soldiers or the rabbis or priests did not took him to the cross or kept him there. What it took him there was his love for you and I, for the whole world. He could have saved himself, but I'm glad that he did not come to save himself but to save us. They say, He saved others. 
I believe, uh, and I say this jokingly, I believe if this priest uh, knew that God would give me a message that he was going to bless, they would have kept their mouth shut. They wouldn't say it. But they said it. He saved others. First of all, this expression is an expression of admittance, of recognition. The scribes, the Pharisees, like it or not, they had to admit that the Lord Jesus had saved others. They say, He saved others. I wonder who they had in mind when they say, He saved others. Probably they had in mind a man from Gadara that was demon-possessed, that lived in the tombs, the chains could not contain him, that lost his family, his sanity, lost everything, a wild, maniac man. But one blessed day, Jesus came to him, and the Lord changed his life. He made a new man out of him and turned him back to his family as a new man. I wonder who they had in mind when they say he saved others. Probably they had in mind a woman from Samaria who one day came to Jacob's well. This woman has suffered a lot, been through marriage and divorce, marriage and divorce, marriage and divorce. It's pain. She came to Jacob's well not only with a thirsty stomach, but with a thirsty soul, came to Jacob's well. And right there she met Jesus. And the Lord Jesus changed her life and made a holy woman out of her and changed her so much that she, made, she became a soul winner that almost brought her whole town to Christ. I wonder who they had in mind when they say, He saved others. Like it or not, they had to recognize that the Lord is a Savior, and oh, what a Savior is mine. You might be an atheist. You might not believe, but believe it or not, you must admit that you have seen people that have been saved by the Lord, that have been transformed and change. He has saved others. Uh, one time I was in Africa. I went to Morocco. And, and, and I, I began to preach the gospel to a Muslim man. And, and I began to tell this Muslim, I, I say, I'm here. And, and I don't want to waste my time. I want to take advantage. And I'm going to tell this man about Christ. And I began to witness to him. And, 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 and I say, sir, do you know where you're going to spend eternity when you die? And, 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 and then I said, you think you're going to go to heaven? Well, I hope so. And, and I began to witness to him. And as I was witnessing to him, he would nod his head and say, yes, yes, yes. And then I got tired of him saying yes, but uh, he won't get saved. And, and then I said, 
Do you, you, do you understand what I'm telling you? And he said, yes, I do. And then I said, you don't think I'm a priest or a Catholic priest or something like that? And he, he made this statement. He said, no, I know you're not. And then I said, why? Because if you want so, you won't be telling me about Christ. Wow. Wow. You might be talking to me about religion, but you weren't talking to me about Christ. Even this Muslim deep in Africa knew the difference that Jesus Christ makes. What a savior is mine. He saved others is an expression of admittance. But secondly, this can be also an expression of gladness, of joy. Yes, he saved others. How wonderful it is to be able to say, he saved others. I'm glad that I'm not alone in this business. I'm glad that I'm not the only one that has trusted the Lord as his personal Savior. You can go as far as you want to South, to Argentina, North to Alaska. You can go China. You can go uh, West. You can go to the communist country, you can go to a Muslim country where the gospel is forbidden, and yet you will find some people that have been redeemed in the blood of the land, that have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And I'm glad that I'm not alone. From the very moment I got saved, I will never forget, I got saved 1971. 50 years, this is my 50th anniversary. Wow. I remember I came to the art of the small church, and when I got saved, uh, I asked Jesus to come into my heart, and the Lord changed my life. For the first time in my life, I felt clean. Uh, I feel like a, like a baby that just took a bed and put powder all over me. I felt clean for the first time in my life. I felt free. I felt light like a big burden roll away. And I felt so different. And then I look around and I saw about four other people kneeling down being saved. So the very moment I got saved, I found out that salvation is not for me only, but for others. And I'm glad I'm not alone in this. He saved others. It's an expression of gladness. I'm a missionary now, but even before I became a missionary, even before I answered to the call of God to be a missionary, I had the joy of seeing other people saved. And now that I'm a missionary in a bigger way, what a blessing for me it is to go preach in the cities, go preach in the fishing villages, go preach in the mountains, knowing that I will come back home saying, He saved others. No, I'm not a great preacher. You can attest to that. But I preach a great Savior. And oh, what a Savior is mine. 1986. 
We got a trip pending, you and I, to Spain. You still in it? Your wife gives permission. Okay. 1986, uh, a missionary in Spain, American missionary from Texas, uh, had spent about four or five years in Spain, and, and, and his pastor asked me, say, Brother Humberto, will you be interested in going to Spain and, and help uh, our missionary in Spain to get a church going? And, and, and I say, oh, I'll be happy to do it. And I mean, my roots come from Spain, and, and, and I say, I would love to. And, and he say, okay, and let's try to raise the money uh, to, to finance the trip and plane tickets and all that and the time uh, it was going to be a few months and, and so 1986 I went to Spain and before I got to Spain uh, a couple of churches uh, tried to raise some funds so that we can go and after the services many men and women came to tell me don't go to Spain. Don't waste your time. The Spaniards are hard-headed, stubborn, arrogant. They will not listen to your message. As a matter of fact, they will make fun of your Spanish. And everywhere I went, I heard this. I will never forget I told my wife heard the same thing, and I told my wife, one thing I know, if the gospel of Christ had the power to save me, it has the power to save anybody. I don't believe the Spaniards are worse than the Mexicans. I believe the Americans, the Mexicans have the same needs, and we all need the Lord, and the Lord is able to save the uttermost. So when I got to Spain, I flew to Madrid, and a missionary that was there in Madrid told me the same thing. He said, Brother Gomez, I hate to tell you, but it's going to be difficult. And, and I say, okay. But as I was teaching in Sunday school, you see, God used limited man so the glory will be his he's unlimited he's powerful he's almighty and this gospel is the power of God to salvation and so uh, I say to this missionary uh, that's okay we'll, we'll give it our best we'll go out and witness and, and, and then I went to South uh, to Rhoda uh, the military base close by and and we started going out in the streets, and soon as I soon as I went out in the public, a Spaniard heard me, and he began to call everybody, all his friends, "Hey, come to hear this Mexican! We got a Mexican here!" And they knew immediately my, 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 by the accent, and 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 so they began to ask me about Pancho Villa and the movies and all that stuff, you know, and and. And, and, and so, but before long, I began to preach to him the gospel of Christ. And, and 
One week went by, nobody got saved. Two weeks went by, nobody got saved. Three weeks went by, nobody got saved. And I began to say, uh-oh, some doubted. That's what we read this morning. And I say, could it be? And I remember that after a month being there, seeing no results, I went to a room by myself, and I began to pray. And I say, Lord, I don't want to go back to Mexico empty-handed. I have my two children back in Mexico with my mom. But I say to the Lord, as long as it takes, I will not go back empty-handed. The following week, uh, we had a meeting. My wife, chicken sing, she's a singer. And we play a, in a megaphone, we play a song of her singing, Master of Galilee, Maestro de Galilea. And, and we announce, uh, we're having a meeting in this place. You come, it's free of charge. This Mexican artist is going to be singing and, and, and on. And we play my wife singing, Master of Galilee. And that night, over 200 people came. And my wife got up, and I got my guitar, and I began to play, and she began to sing. And when she finished that song, they stood up and gave her a standing ovation. And they asked her to sing it again, the same song, Master of Galilee. And she sang it again, and they made her sing the third time, the same song. Then I got up and preached a simple message of salvation. And one came another one, and another one. And before long, more than 100 people got saved in Spain. When I flew back to the States, and then to Mexico, flew to New York, then to Houston, a pastor friend of mine who was helping sponsor the trip, he had a meeting waiting for us, and I remember when he went to pick me up in the airport, I look at him, Brother Roy Carrizales, precious man of God. When I saw him, I shook his hand, and I said to him, he saved others. And that became a uh, greeting signature amongst preachers. When I see him, they check my hand, and they say, he saved others. Oh, what a Savior is mine. What a Savior is mine. That's why we keep preaching the gospel of Christ. He saved others. is an expression of gladness, but can I say thoroughly, this could be an expression of hope. If he saved others, I give the testimony of my family, of me and my family, how we all got saved. And people can get hope and say, if God saved Brother Gomez's family, he can save my family too. The lost can get hope that he can be saved. The believer that has family members that are lost, he has saved my family, he can save your family too. The new missionary is about to go to the mission field. When they hear the testimony, a better, better on missionaries, like Brother Chain and me, 
in which area, what God has done, they can get hope and gain hope and say, he's done it for them, he will do it for us. The Christian workers, and I like this one, I'm going quickly, the sacrificial givers, because I want to stop here a little bit. My admiration, my respect to the precious Christians that sacrificially support the work of missions. Even though with their own eyes they don't see, but they have that hope, that expectation, that through our sacrificial giving, the Lord will save others. I got two more points and I'll be done. And I'm going to switch a little bit and say, He saved others can also be an expression of sadness. This can be an expression of sadness, especially for those that have seen others walk the aisle and get saved, but deep in their heart, they know they are not saved themselves yet. He said, Brothers, my friend, let me go to the last point and I'll be done. Not only can be an expression of sadness, but let's see if I can pronounce it correctly in English. It will be an expression of tragedy, a tragic expression. Now, you may be lost. You don't know where you're going to spend eternity. There's some sadness. But this can turn into a tragic expression. God forbid, but if you die without Christ, you're going to sink into eternity, into a devil's hell, and many people in hell will say the same expression. He saved others, but I'm lost for all eternity without a second chance. We preachers normally say, and even Christians, that the people that will suffer the most in hell will be the worst criminals, the Hitlers, the Mansons, and on and on. But deep in my heart, with sadness, I say it. I believe that the people that will suffer the most in hell will be the church goers that heard the message so many times, and yet they closed their heart. That the invitation was given, and they will have flashbacks. They will remember the times when the Holy Ghost of God uh, convicted them and asked them to come to Christ, and they say no. They, some will even remember 
this Mexican preaching to him saying, please, you don't have to go to hell. Christ paid for you and the cross of Calvary. You can get saved. You can go to heaven. You don't have to pay anything. Please don't go to hell. Get saved. And people in hell will say, he saved others, but I'm lost for all eternity without a second chance. Let's bow our heads for a minute. You see, he saved others, but best of all, he can save you too. I can say I'm glad that he saved others, but I'm glad, very glad, that he saved me. I've seen many others get saved, but I'm glad he saved me. Can I ask you? What will be your statement, your expression? If you have an expression of sadness and you don't know for sure where you're going to spend eternity, if you turn to Christ, you can get saved this morning. And then the whole church, thy servant, and heaven itself will cry out, he saved others. Would you get saved? Expression of sadness can turn into expression of gladness for you this morning if you give your heart to Christ. Let's stand to our feet. We'll have a word of prayer and have an invitation. Father, we thank you for the message. God, so clear. You came to save others. And God, let there not be one person here this morning that would hear the message and leave here lost without you. God, I pray that they would trust you this morning and put their faith in you. And God, may we as Christians be burdened and concerned, God, for the lost and dying world. God, many, most people here probably will never travel to a foreign field. But God, may we be used of you to reach other people and see other people saved through our giving and our prayers. And not just far away, but God, use us to reach people right here with the gospel. May we be able to say he saved others through us, that we could be the message bearer and bring the good news to the lost and dying world. God, I, we ask that you do all this in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. With your heads bowed and eyes closed as the piano begins to play, if God's spoken to your heart this morning, the altar's open. Maybe you're here and you say, I, I'm not for sure if I'm saved. Why don't you get that nailed down today? Maybe you're listening online. Maybe you're listening 
you called in or, or whatever the need. If you, the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You recognize that you're lost. You recognize that you're a sinner and in need of a Savior. Simple good news is Jesus Christ died on the cross to save you from your sins. Rose again victoriously, and He wants you to put your faith and trust in Him. And you can do that wherever you're at by simply calling out in faith and asking Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins and to save you. He saved others, He can save you. Just one more verse.